So welcome back to another episode of What the Frack, our environmental podcast. Neve here yet again, and for this episode I'm joined by our token male, Mark, and a brand new guest, Shifra. And if you've listened to our podcast before, you've already met Mark. So Shifra, do you want to say hi and introduce yourself to our listeners? Hi, I'm Shifra. Thanks for having me. Um, I've been involved in EnviroSoc for the last about three years. Um, so I study in UCC. I'm an art student, um, but I've been involved in environmental activism uh, for most of my life. And I'm excited to be here today. <laughs> Great. So on today's episode, we'll be discussing the topic of veganism, plant-based eating and environmentalism. And a very interesting and often controversial topic for many people. Uh, it always seems to elicit strong reactions and opinions from people on either side, you know, anti-veganism or pro-veganism. So I think we can just delve right into it. So, Mark um, and Shifra, on the scale of like mediator to vegan, where do you think you kind of fall within that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I have been, I'd say mostly vegan, definitely. I've been vegetarian uh, since I was about 16. Um, and yeah, I definitely mostly vegan. I'm not like strict, strict vegan. Uh, I try yeah. to eat dairy and eggs and I haven't eaten meat in years. Um, and it is, it definitely started as an environmental thing. Um, mm. But like kind of the more I looked into it, the more I, I realized I really wasn't comfortable with the idea of eating animals and like eating dairy, especially as well, uh, just from like an ethical perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would be fairly, fairly vegan. And <laughs> um, I went kind of, yeah, it was environmental reasons for me. But I was only vegetarian for like three months and then went straight into veganism, which I would recommend to anyone. <laughs> like if you were, if you are thinking of going vegan, definitely make it like a gradual transition. Don't just throw your body into it or you'll just end up like shocking your digestive system and you won't know what to eat and it'll just <laughs> yeah i'm quite similar um i went vegetarian when i was about 16 and I actually wasn't for environmental reasons it was like ethical reasons because i watched earthlings the documentary um and then i was just kind of scared for life and was like i can't eat animals anymore and then i think when i was 17 i went vegan for about six months um and then I went back to being a vegetarian and I'm still a vegetarian, but just like, I think mostly plant-based really. And the only time I would eat animal products, if, if it was like someone else's house or if I was eating out, which is rare these days. But yeah, since the like going back from vegan to vegetarian, I definitely, I think there's like a significant impact on like what I eat now and like my taste buds. Cause I used to be able to like drink like a glass of milk and eat eggs, no bother. But now I just can't stomach it at all. Yeah, I yeah I kind of get that as well. Um, because I do at home. I just, I always would drink like uh, oat milk or maybe almond milk. Mm. Um, yeah, it just it tastes like after you've been off for a while, it tastes so different. It's like yeah, it's cool how your taste books can change. Yeah, but yeah, I'm like a hardcore vegetarian, but I don't think I ever will be fully vegan can't commit to it <laughs> yeah I'd, i would love to be like 
more vegan. Um, mm-hmm. I find it difficult because I do like live at home, so sometimes there'll be stuff like in the fridge, and I'm like, oh well, if I don't like eat this, then no one else will. Yeah. But like, I would never, I never really buy like um, animal products myself. I would just maybe, yeah, I would like use what was in the fridge or kind of the same thing if I was like in someone else's house and they offered it to me and it was a vegetarian idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting that we're all kind of like the mostly vegan <laughs> on the scale. <laughs> I'm always intrigued by the negative reactions people portray when it comes to this topic. Um, if you remember, pretty much all of last year, I was trying to get UCC to provide more plant-based meals and plant-based options on campus. Um, basically, just wanted to always have an option of like a hot meal that was completely plant-based. Um, and I got absolutely nowhere with it. We did a survey. Do you remember that? Yeah. That we did. Yeah. <laughs> we did the survey with Green Campus asking people's opinions and did they want meatless Mondays every Monday and were they plant based and all this kind of all questions along that line. And then at the very end of the survey, we had like a box where people could add anything else and we got some very, very interesting answers back. <laughs> I remember it was like quite a mix. Some people were like, oh yeah, this would be great. And great suggestions but there was a lot of like i remember one person saying i'm not a fucking rabbit like some of the responses were quite mean people are mean Neil. that's just how yeah i know but it's just i just wonder why it's always such a you get such a reaction from people yeah and it's weird because, like, myself and Tiafar were saying we kind of mainly went vegan at the start for environmental reasons, and it was more yeah. kind of animal welfare and ethical reasons for you, Neil. But yeah. when people find out I'm vegan, and they're like, oh, why'd you do that? Mm. And when I say environmental reasons, they seem to respect it a lot more than, like, animal welfare reasons yeah but like as i when i went vegan and i started to realize the impacts of animal like agriculture on a like animal welfare point of view yeah i was like this is awful if i'd known this years ago i would have gone vegan for those reasons you know (laughs) and i think people just it's weird i think people are more they're happier to accept the problems of like climate change, but when they have to kind of realize that their behavior in eating animals both impact actual beings, it's a lot more difficult for them to kind of come to terms with and accept. Yeah, it's a bitter pill to swallow, I think. I think they're a lot happier to be like, oh yeah, yeah. Environmental reasons. Mm. That's fine. <laughs> You're not one of those vegans, is what I, what I get sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't learn about the environmental impacts until afterwards. Until like a few years in, I think, really. Because I wasn't looking into it too much. So the lesson is, there's so many reasons to be vegan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People take all that kind of stuff very personally 
because like when we were doing all that like meatless monday stuff we weren't trying to ban meat in ucc or try to take Mm -hmm. you know anything from anyone we just wanted more for people who are plant-based or vegan or people who have allergies to things like eggs and couldn't eat that vegetarian option if it had eggs in it all those those reasons really so like i don't know because there's so many places in cork that have like plenty of vegan options and they have full vegan menus and no one really cares about that but some of those answers were wildly entertaining though (laughs) i think uh that sometimes people sometimes get like defensive about it um Mm. I th- and I think it's a quite, quite a common reaction to like the idea of like ethical consumption under yeah. like under capitalism. Like it's because when we did that like um fast fashion campaign, like remember we were in the Echo and people were commenting really hard with stuff under under our posts. Yeah. So I think it is something that people like people have it in their minds that when other people try and take steps towards like a kind of a like a fairer society like it doesn't like it doesn't make them morally superior people kind of have it in their minds that that they think they are yeah you know what i mean Mm. um i do think it comes from a very like like defensive place because those choices aren't like realistic for everyone but like most people do understand that there are there that there is like consequences to like um the way that in which we farm meat and the mm-hmm. way in which we like produce clothes and like just like mass consumption basically yeah yeah that's a very good point maybe it's like a fear of judgment i think so yeah i think it's that people automatically presume that like you are gonna think that they're like a bad person for not doing yeah. it when like our objective is always trying to like just like trying to make people a little bit more aware so that we can like bring about change so that everyone can do it. Yeah. It's yeah, it's not the it's not the not doing the thing that makes them a bad person. It's criticizing the people that are doing the thing that makes them a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest and say that generally I just don't really care what other people are doing. Like I'm a big fan of everyone just minding their own business. Oh yeah, definitely. With, in terms of like everything and including like what they eat like I care about what I eat and that's kind of that's about it but I do think that if you have the capacity and the financial means um, that we should be living as much as we can within our means making a big effort to live as sustainably as possible yeah I'm definitely with you on that um, I do think that there is like this kind of problem of like that is pushed by the media of like you know doing like individual change and like you know going zero waste and vegan mm. and buying second hand when like all of all that all of your impact is like on a you know on the broader scale of things like basically yeah. like a teeny little drop in the ocean and it's good and every single person who does it like it adds like a little bit to the movement but mm. at the end of the day like we need to take down that <laughs> <laughs> Because it, like, it is the system, and it's like, while we have, like, while we have that system in place, while people are actively profiting off of, like, extracting resources from the earth and mass agriculture, and while there are people that can't afford to make those choices when they are mm. buying things, like, we can't change anything. Yeah, I always think it sounds kind of like a conspiracy theory, but I think 
kind of like the system and the big corporations that's what they want they want us to like argue amongst ourselves and be like oh you're not vegan or you are vegan and have like this big yeah big discussion and big angry debates and we're just fighting each other all the while they're just getting away with murder up yeah. the top making billions and exploiting people in the planet conspiracy theories with a virus it does sound like very conspiracy theory like, but I think it's true. I believe it. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory at all. That's straight facts. Is this reality? Yeah. <laughs> but I think you can look at animal agriculture as just like a capitalist system of exploitation mm. and that mass production without looking after. The animal welfare or the environmental impact. I know people think, say, Ireland has quite a good like animal welfare and environmental records when it comes to agriculture, but like the main the bar, the bar is pretty low. <laughs> the bar is pretty low, yeah. Uh, we've so few like pristine waterways left, you know. Yeah. And like most of yeah. that comes from agricultural runoff mm. because there's just no like protections in place. Yeah, it's ironic that we have this green image, but we have one of the lowest levels of forestry in like Europe because we've cut down all our trees. Yeah. And as soon as you start to say something like that, people are like, "Oh, you're anti-farmer. You're anti." Mm -hmm. It creates a like us versus them narrative when that's yeah. not the case. It's about mm -hmm. getting farmers on board, and like just because something's a tradition doesn't mean it's good. And it's about like changing the system. And I think the biggest part of a just transition is kind of an agricultural revolution and kind yeah. of turning farmers into guardians of the land as opposed to just capitalist producers, you know? Mm. But I always feel for the small farmers, like the family run farms, because like in my opinion, they're not, they're just like, you know, living their lives and trying to pay their mortgage and like send their kids through school. Um, I think it's like the big, like industrial farms that are creating the most harm. Yeah. I guess when it's on like a mass production scale, that's when it gets tricky. And yeah, it shouldn't be like us versus them. It should be like us as like a community versus like the big system. <laughs> but then like even, and it's not something I'm an expert in, but like cap payments, you know, they massively favor the big farms mm. and like the ranches as opposed to the small farmers and like yeah. all they can realistically do is have like dairy or beef you know yeah. and like there's no there's no real food security as an island there's no diversity in agriculture here i think with veganism like financially speaking um often vegan options can be more expensive if you're buying them like, I think you can eat vegan and mostly plant-based on a budget, but there are, like, these kind of, like, fancier vegan options that you can get that are definitely more expensive. Or even if you go to coffee shops and you get almond milk instead of cow's milk, they'll charge you more for it. Yeah, yeah and I definitely think that there is, like, an element of privilege in veganism. The fact that we can be like, oh, I'm... That we have so much food that we can be like, oh, I'm going to choose not to eat this certain type of food. You know, we're very lucky to even have that choice. And even the, the privilege of being educated to know the problems with animal agriculture um, and environmental impacts then. Yeah. 
All straight white men should be vegans. <laughs> that would solve all the world's problems. You've cracked it, Mark. I'm a genius. <laughs> um, but yeah, like when I started, when I first went vegan, I started eating like a very, almost like Spartan diet, just kind of <laughs> rice and beans and just very plain stuff and just mm. trying to just get into nutrition. Um, and then in the past few months, even I've just started to try like enjoy food a bit more. Yeah. And like spending more money on food. But you know, like the idea of, of everyone can go vegan because beans and rice are cheap. Mm. Like no one wants to eat just beans and rice. No, no one. <laughs> I think also something that I find that um people sometimes don't take into consideration is that like it is kind of a privileged health as well um, and I know that people are always like oh but, you know you can't like eat a vegan diet and be healthy and mm-hmm. where are you going to get your protein from uh, you definitely can but um, you know there are like like certain conditions that would make eating a vegan diet very difficult um, uh, like my brother has like a severe nut allergy so like that would mean that in a lot of restaurants he couldn't eat the vegan option mm-hmm. uh, and he does like cut out like obviously nuts from his diet um, or anything containing nuts and like a lot of vegan products do because very often when like when i'm cooking home i have to make it something different just because like something i'd be cooking would contain traces of nuts yeah um, and i think as well like for people maybe recovering from like eating disorders and things like that that when mm-hmm. you like cut um like such a wide range of foods out of your diet that can be very restricting and can be very triggering for people yeah, uh, and it's something that people don't really consider when they say like, "Oh, anyone can go vegan." Like yeah. it is quite a privilege of like you know being in the whole of your health, and um, even though you can like eat a really really healthy diet, um, and you can get everything you need out of vegan foods, uh, there just are certain people who like can't have that, who don't have that privilege. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good point. Yeah, call me a cynic. Um. But I don't think that everyone, like in an ideal world, would go vegan. And I don't really think that they should. Because, I mean, we live our lives. And if after you're working like a 40, 50 hour week, you want to come home and have, I don't know, your favorite chicken meal or whatever, then like, just go ahead and eat it, you know? It is your life. (laughs) I think key to this whole like veganism, plant-based and environmentalism is that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like you don't have to be either eating meat every single day or a vegan. Like you can do the best that you can or the best that you want to be. You know, you could just reduce the amount you eat day to day or have meat a few times a week. You know, it doesn't have to be one extreme or the other. It can be just a reduction instead of going all vegan. I think definitely it's about like cutting down on that. Mm. Like if everyone like cut down a little bit, then that would like reduce the demand for like meat and other products mm. significantly. And I, yeah, I do think as well. Like it's like it is kind of a, a personal choice. Yeah. Uh, 
and like well I have a, like I have a massive problem with like like mass agriculture and like how we you know keep animals in really small spaces and treat them so badly mm. but like ethically I don't really have so much of a problem with like um like my cousin keeps her own pigs and they eat them and like I like the pigs live a really happy life yeah I don't eat them but like I don't really <laughs> see a problem with it do you know what I mean yeah because they're having a way better life than they would have in the factory farm exactly yeah it comes back to like eating local produce and supporting smaller scale uh, production i think i disagree with you on the like in an ideal world Mm -hmm. and like i i definitely think you know if people just reduce the amount of meat they're eating it would have a huge impact and like i'd never I'd never push anyone to go like full vegan straight mm-hmm. away, but I try to get them to build up to it, you know, and gradually yeah. reduce the main animal products they're eating. But I think like in the future, if we have a system where it's easy to eat plant based and like mm-hmm. uh, the meat substitutes and the meat alternatives are the same price or cheaper than the animal product. And kind of subsidized. Yeah. I think we could, for the sake of animal welfare, I think we have kind of the responsibility to try and remove animal products from our diet eventually. Do you know, like in 50 years, when we've perfected all the or lab-grown meat and stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. I see your point. I just, I think there's always going to be people who want to eat meat and who will always want to eat meat no matter what. I, yeah, I think it is an interesting question. Like, like just the idea of eating meat. Actually, I have a book on it that I did, that I was reading earlier, um, called Eating Animals. Um, is that book as well? Have you read it? Uh, like the first hundred pages. I'm really <laughs> bad reading books. It's really good. So it's by Jonathan Saffron Fair and... He basically like explores the history of like vegetarianism because he was brought up Jewish um, and his grandmother was a Holocaust survivor. So she was very um, like um, very kind of protective of like Jewish rituals and stuff. Um, So like he was very interested in like the kind of tradition of kosher and stuff growing up. Um, So he decided to like explore like the idea of eating animals and like why different cultures like have it to do around eating certain animals and uh, why certain cultures didn't eat animals at all and he just like kind of explores the history and then he also like visits different like factory farms and local farms Um, I think that the thing that kind of stands out to me is like at the end of the book he's still really not sure and like mm-hmm. he personally has decided to be vegetarian and to raise his kid vegetarian but he was like after meeting all of these people all I know is that factory farming is is not good, can never be good. But there are people out there who do treat their animals really well. Yeah. And it is like a really central thing to some cultures, like eating meat. Mm. Um, like in indigenous cultures, um, like they'd, they'd hunt together and then they'd eat together. Um, mm. And that's still a really important tradition in a lot of places. Um, especially like obviously um, in a lot of places, indigenous cultures are like massively under threat. Um, so I think that, like, when vegans say things like eating meat is inherently wrong, it, like, it doesn't come from, it never comes from, like, a bad place, but, like, 
we like fail to take into consideration like just like other like other cultures and how other people like feel about it mm. there are people who eat meat mindlessly but there are people for whom they have thought about it and they have decided that it is for them ethically the right thing to do and it's not really our place to be like you're wrong yeah exactly you can't just pass a judgment on other people like that yeah i think i don't know i think if you're going to eat meat the fact that they use the entire animal and have consume it and you know use the skin and everything like i think that's the way that it should be done rather than creating a lot of unnecessary waste and stuff Mm. oh also that um veganism seems to be dominated by women that like less men are vegan i know we talked about that on our gender episode as well a little bit have any opinions on that mark as our our token male token male. Back here again, another token male. Yeah, I think it's just, like, we did kind of touch on this Mm. last episode. But yeah, it's just kind of perception thing of it being seen as feminine to Mm. be vegan or vegetarian and it be a masculine thing to eat meat. When the vast majority of men who eat meat, instead of going out and hunting it and wrestling an animal, are just going to the shop and buying it in a plastic package. I mean, like, anyone can do that. It's not that manly. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting topic. Because it's just not one aspect of it. It's, like, of veganism. It's, like, ethics. But then I think you can break that down into, like, animals and people because I know that the animal agriculture industry exploits its workers, too. Um, and then you'd have, like, the environment impacts and... Also, health impacts of like plant-based versus a uh, animal products diet. There's lots yeah. of different things going on. It's hard to cover it all in one discussion. I think, yeah, as you were saying, the um, human exploitation in the agricultural business, mm. like a lot of the meat factories in the U.S., when they open back up, they're the majority of their workers are like Hispanic. And mightn't necessarily be um, legal immigrants, and we're at much higher risk working in like close proximities mm-hmm. in meat factory, and have massive rates of deaths from COVID. That's so sad. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not something that's discussed as much as it should be. That element of exploitation of people. And then, like, do you know the the Amazon is a good uh, example of mass expansion of a beef herd you know and like so much indigenous land is being stolen there to create these massive ranches mm. good times the earth is a good place <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i also think that just because you're eating um vegetables and stuff doesn't necessarily mean that it's sustainable sometimes you know with regards to like something like avocados you know yeah. like First of all, just air miles alone, but then, you know, the way that the whole avocado production is um, exploiting people and is like a lot of, not fraud, but um, corruption and stuff that exploits small farmers and the people that are just trying to make a living. And then to eat avocados, you know. It's supporting an industry that's 
terrible. <laughs> yeah. 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 I do. Yeah. I do think it's interesting that um, even the whole aspect of like going vegan in a place like Ireland where we actually do import most of our vegetables. Yeah. Um, because like, like I, I, I don't have, I don't have the figures in this or anything, but I always, I do often wonder like, would it be better in Ireland, like to eat like more locally sourced things, like from an mm. environmental perspective, because we do import so much of our fruit and vegetables. Yeah. And like, I'd always try and get something from like Europe, like, so I'm like, so first of all, so that I know that there's a decent chance that whoever produced it, like wasn't working in horrible conditions. Yeah. And second of all, that the air miles on it aren't that bad, but mm. I find it really difficult a lot of the time. It is hard, yeah. Yeah. But then again, like trying to eat locally sourced vegetables, because there's not incentives for farmers to grow vegetables mm. in Ireland, it makes it so much more difficult. But yeah. there's so many things we can grow here, you know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's also massively expensive, like, because um, there's a farmer's market here on Friday mornings, and I go down and I get a few things, but I get like a few onions and, you know, carrots and stuff, mm. and like, I pay like, as much as I would for like a few days worth of food. Yeah. But sure, yeah. look, were you saying your granddad has grown like kiwis, Shifra? Yeah, my granddad is an amazing gardener and he lives in, in Wexford and he has a load of glass houses so like he gets loads of sun um, and he's been able to grow like grapes and kiwis and like mad plants. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't been able to produce a load of kiwis and most years they're like not that nice but one year we had two nice kiwis so. <laughs> <laughs> but like if there was if there was investment, we could definitely be growing so much more of our own, of our own fruit and veg. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my grandparents do actually produce most of their own fruit and veg. Um, That's cool. Amazing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm very lucky that my dad is, he grew up on a farm um, and we're living in like urban area now, but he grows like our entire garden is just like, I'm sitting in it now and it's just all like fruit and veg. Something very, um, satisfying about just if you're like cooking and you're like oh i need an onion you just just go into the garden and get it yeah um, yeah it's very cool but also like the time that it takes to do all that is huge oh totally yeah yeah anything else you want to touch on i think they're all my points anyway anything yeah. else you ever? i don't think so what's our takeaway eat more vegetables conscious consumption that's what it comes down to most of the time um, go vegan or you're a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> Do your best. Take down and the system. always remember Eat that rich. Rich, yeah. it's the most sustainable diet. Rich. <laughs> always remember yeah. that individual action is nothing compared to the systematic change that mm-hmm. needs to occur. But still do your best if you can. <laughs> if you can afford to. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good note to wrap up our episode on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As always, you can follow our social media, UCC Environmental Society, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We probably won't have events in person for a while, but we'll probably be doing things online. So mm-hmm. keep an eye on that. Thank you very much, Chia, for, for joining us. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you to me for joining us. 
as always. <laughs> as always. A pleasure. This is the token male. Thanks for listening. These were my opinions on veganism. And then we'll have our intro music. Thank <laughs> you.